I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, as we continue walking our way through the very first book of the Bible. If you're new to North River Church, this is our habit, our practice, is to walk through books of the Bible together verse by verse, uh, trusting that what God's Word tells us will strengthen our faith in Him, challenge us to walk with Him in righteousness, And this morning, once again, we have the privilege of opening God's Word together, and we find ourselves at Genesis chapter 15. As we prepare to walk through this text this morning, I don't know about you, but for me, oftentimes, I notice in my life when I take the right step or do the right action, I don't know if you notice this or not, but oftentimes... On the back end of that, there's some type of challenge that I experience. For instance, I'll get up in the morning and I'll run. Some of you are thinking that's your first problem, right? Get up and run, exercise, lift weights, whatever it may look like, and then journey into the church office And someone kindly has left a dozen donuts on the table. And you can't eat just one, right, Pastor Scott? Got to eat a couple. And then all of the worry, you're like, oh, how did I miss that? Maybe you experienced that this morning as a family. You thought, we're going to go to church. It's going to be amazing. We're going to wake the kids up. We're going to get ready. And as soon as everybody's feet hit the floor, chaos ensued. And you're coming in on two wheels in the church parking lot. Everybody's crying. Everybody's yelling. And you're like, get it together. We're at church this morning, right? Or maybe for you as... A married couple, you've had a great weekend away, and then you come back, and all of a sudden, there's this fight, this argument. Or parents with your kids, you, they, they come up, and they hug you, and they snuggle you, and, and then two seconds later, you're like, who is this child that you're yelling at? It's interesting that when we look through Scripture, one of the greatest encouragements to me is to see the people that God uses throughout the pages of Scripture. I think sometimes we have this mindset that they just do things perfectly all the time, and the reality is that's not the picture painted at all. It's God's grace constantly on display as He interacts with broken and ordinary people. People that one minute take a step of faith and step out for the Lord and the next minute you look at them and you think, where was the faith that they just demonstrated? You see that with Jesus' disciples? You see that with other characters in Scripture that you look at and, and you think, man, they have it all together and then all of a sudden you see a step that they take and you go, how did that happen? Why did they not continue that strong faith that they had? Why did they not continue pressing forward? And then we see God's grace on display in their life. And I think if we're all honest with one another, we've experienced that in our own lives as well. 
We've experienced that. If you're a follower of Jesus and have been for any length of time, you've experienced that same thing in your life, a moment of stepping out in faith, a high mountain point experience in your life as a follower of Jesus, and then you look up and all of a sudden you go, wow, how did I go from there at the top of the mountain to the valley? How did I go from such great faith to doubt in this moment? What I'm encouraged about this morning is that we're going to see that with Abram. We've been encountering Abram over the last number of chapters together. This man that God had made an incredible promise to that he would bless, he would turn into a great nation. We said early on that the problem Abram experienced is he didn't have a child at this point in time. So there's a question mark still in Abram's life. How is God going to fulfill his promise? How is God going to do what he promised to do? And Abraham is not able to see it yet, not able to experience it yet. And so we've seen some moments of doubt in Abram's life. We've seen some question marks for him, questioning whether God would take care of him or not, whether God would fulfill the promise that he's made to him or not. And then we've seen incredible steps of faith on Abram's part. Trust in the Lord, dependence on the Lord to provide. We saw that in the last two chapters, chapter 13 and chapter 14. And here we come to chapter 15. I want to read the text for us this morning as we look at these verses together. And and I want you, as we walk through this, to just take note as... God is reaffirming his promise with Abram as God is saying, Abram, this is what I'm going to do. I I want you to notice these moments of doubt in Abram's life. These points where he says to the Lord, really? How are you going to make that work? Really? I don't see you working right now. Notice with me, beginning in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, after the previous two chapters, seeing Abram walk in obedience to the Lord, trusting God to fulfill his promise, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said... O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? 
And he said to him, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all of these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions." As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And there shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, The Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, and the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that'll frame our time together in Genesis chapter 15. And it's this truth, doubt does not have to lead us to despair. Doubt provides us an opportunity to depend on the Lord. Doubt does not have to lead us to despair. Doubt provides us an opportunity to depend on the Lord. I want us to look as we have read the passage just a bit ago at Genesis chapter 15 and be reminded of where Abram is in this moment after demonstrating great faith in chapter 13, depending on the Lord, not choosing the land that he would go into, but allowing Lot, his nephew, to pick the land. Then in chapter 14, depending on the Lord to provide victory and not taking from the spoils of war that he had won, but trusting the Lord to provide from him entirely. And then we come to chapter 15, and notice at the beginning here, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, and listen to what the word from the Lord to Abram was. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. I just think about that for a moment, what the Lord is promising here to Abram. The Lord is saying to Abram, Abram, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. 
Abram, you don't have to worry about this promise being fulfilled. You don't have to worry about your enemies overtaking you. You don't have to worry about any of these things. Abram, fear not. Why? Because Abram, I, the Lord, am your shield, and your reward shall be very great. I don't know about you, but if you had heard this from the Lord in a vision, you would have probably stood up and said, let's roll. Let's go. Like, I love that. I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, that is amazing. You got to think on the back end of Abram's demonstration of his faith in the Lord, his trust in the Lord to provide, to do what the Lord had promised that he would do. But notice verse 2. Notice what Abram says. Not, let's roll. God, that's amazing. Let's keep moving. But notice what he says in verse 2. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Now, the Lord has just said to Abram, Abram, I am your shield. There's nothing for you to worry about. Abram, your reward is going to be great. God had already made the promise to Abram that Abram would be a great nation and that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And Abram in this moment is looking at what the Lord says and going, yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't get it. God, I hear what you're saying. However, I am still childless. It's been a number of years that have gone by between when the Lord had first made the promise to Abram and this moment right here. And Abram had been walking in obedience. He had been trying to walk in faith in his response to the Lord, doing what God had called him to do. And yet, in this moment, after the Lord makes this great declaration to Abram, Abram says, hang on just a second. You've not yet come through. After demonstrating incredible faith, I don't know if you see this or not, but there's a measure of doubt for Abram. There's a sense in which Abram is saying, I hear the words coming out of your mouth, Lord. I just don't see the action. I still don't have a child. And if I'm going to be a great nation, it has to start there, has to begin at that point. In fact, he looks and he says, someone who's part of my house, it's a a distant person from Abram is going to inherit all that Abram has. It's not going to be his child because he doesn't have one. Notice in verse three, and Abram said, repeating this again, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. I love Abram in this moment because I kind of wonder if he's thinking, God, I don't know if you've heard me or not. I'm going to tell you again. I don't have a child. Not as if the Lord didn't know that. (laughs) 
But sometimes in moments of doubt in our lives, we wonder whether or not God is going to come through and do what he promised that he would do. If you're taking notes this morning, write down this first truth. Moments of doubt often follow our greatest steps of faith. In our walk with the Lord, moments of doubt often follow our greatest steps of faith. If, if you paid attention in chapter 13 and chapter 14, Abram stepped out in faith. Abram walked in obedience to the Lord. Abram was willing to step out in faith. And then this moment comes when the Lord says, get ready, Abram. And Abram says... I just don't know. You may have experienced that in your own life as a follower of Jesus. If you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, there are moments of doubt in your life. You know, one of the things that we often don't talk about in church is moments of doubt in our life. We put this face on as if everything's going well, and yet when we are crushed, oftentimes by the circumstances of our lives, there are moments of doubt where we wonder, where is God? And what is God doing? Because I just don't see it. Now some would look at that and say, where's your faith? Where's your faith? You just gotta believe, you just gotta trust. And intellectually, we know that that's true. We know that God always accomplishes his plan and his purpose. God always fulfills his promise, but that doesn't negate the fact that we oftentimes just don't see it. We just don't get it. I love the scriptures because it's real, If I were writing this, I would probably not include this moment in Abram's life. You just want to gloss over it, put a filter on it, make it look pretty and go, Abram from the very moment just believed God and he had never had any doubts, he never had any questions, but we've seen two right here. We've seen two for him going, God, I hear what you're saying, I just don't see you fulfilling that. Notice verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. I love this because God is not shy from speaking to Abram, even in Abram's doubts. God doesn't step back and go, I want you to know I am highly offended that you would even question me. There are times when we feel like that. If someone questions us, you think, how could you ask that question? And if I'm the Lord in this situation, I'm going, all right, who's plan B out there? Let's move on, B. Let's move past Abram. Let's go to somebody else who is actually going to believe what I tell them. But notice the word of the Lord comes to Abram. This man shall not be your heir. Listen to this. Your very own son shall be your heir. Verse 5, he brought him outside. Abram evidently is sitting in his tent during this initial vision, this conversation with the Lord. He brings Abram outside. Notice verse 5. He says, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. You see what the Lord did there? 
He brings Abram outside of this environment and he puts him where he's able to see the stars. And you've got no city lights at this point in time. This is out in the middle of the country and you could likely see thousands and hundreds of thousands of stars in this moment. And the Lord says to Abram, Abram, start counting if you can. To which the answer is, you can't. You can't number the stars, Abram. There's no way possible for you to number the stars. But don't lose sight of the fact that as we covered in the first part of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, the God who is speaking to Abram in this moment can number the stars because he put them there. In this moment for Abram, it's a change of perspective. He's taking Abram outside of the tent where he is wallowing in, wondering whether or not God can accomplish what he said he could accomplish. And he takes him outside to look at the stars and he says, start counting, Abram, if you can. Almost wonder in this moment if the Lord kind of chuckles on the back end of that. Kind of like, it doesn't work. You can't. And I could imagine the same God who knows the hairs on our head, or for some of us, the lack thereof, who knits a baby together in its mother's womb, the God who spoke and all creation leaped into existence, the God who could name every single star that Abram is looking at. God says to Abram, so shall your offspring be. The same God who put those stars there says to Abram, I will fulfill my promise to you. Even in Abram's doubt, even in Abram's questioning, the Lord says, I will make it happen. And notice verse six, and he, that's Abram, believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us this is the moment for Abram where he is credited with the righteousness of Jesus Christ in his life, forward-looking, believing the promise that God would fulfill his word here and ultimately the Messiah would come through Abram's lineage. He believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Verse seven, and he said to him, I am the Lord, who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. Notice verse eight. After the moment that Abram believed and it was credited to him as righteousness, after the moment that he looked at the stars, notice verse eight, I love it. But he said, oh Lord God, how am I to know that I will possess it? Abram's honest. He's like, okay, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. God, I believe that you're going to accomplish this, but I just don't see how. I just don't see how you're going to fulfill your word in this moment. I want you to notice what happens. Verse 9, he said to him, that's the Lord to Abram, bring me 
these animals. A heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And Abram brought all these, verse 10 tells us, and he cut them in half, and he laid each half over against the other. And you look at this and you go, what in the world is taking place here? And as we read through history at this point in time, this was often the way that covenants were made, promises were made between two people. They would take animals and they would cut them in half. They'd lay the halves to the side, creating a pathway for them to be able to walk between that. And they would join together and walk between this pathway where these animals were split open, essentially saying to the other one, if I don't fulfill my end of the promise, let me be like this animal that's been split in half. So Abram would have been familiar with this type of action, this type of covenant. And so in this moment, the Lord says to him, let's begin this process. Let's grab these animals and let's lay them side by side here after they've been split open. And in verse 12, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. And the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. He is foretelling Abram in this moment of the children of Israel, Abraham's descendants, who would spend time in Egypt, but then would be let out. Afterward, I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, Abram, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You'll be buried in a good old age, and they will come back here, this land that the Lord had promised to Abram in the fourth generation. And then in verse 17, when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces of animal that had been laid side by side. We see this picture here that verse 18 tells us on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring I will give this land. And he describes the boundaries of this land, the people who are currently inhabiting this land. But what I want you to notice is that there's only one who journeys between the animals. Whereas in a typical covenant, both parties who were agreeing to this would have walked in between the animals, but not here. In fact, it is only the Lord who journeys between these animals. In essence, the Lord is saying, Abram, I am making this covenant with you and I am going to fulfill it. I am the Lord. If you're taking notes, write down the second truth. Moments of doubt must be met with a change of perspective, not a change of circumstances. Oftentimes, in moments of doubt in our lives as believers, we want God to fix the circumstances that have led to the doubt, when in reality, what the Lord wants us to do is refocus on Him. 
For Abram in this moment, Abram's thought is, God, you need to fix my circumstances. And God in this moment is saying, Abram, you need to fix your eyes on me. You need to see me. You need to see me as the creator of the stars. Come out of your tent and look. Start counting. You can't. I'll fulfill my promise. Abram, you need to come out and you need to see this covenant that I'm making with you. Focus your eyes, focus your attention, fix your eyes on me. See, the reality for us is that oftentimes in moments of doubt, in moments of despair in our lives, we think if our situation will change, if our circumstances will change, everything will be okay. I want you to hear me this morning. We need a change of perspective. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look to him. I don't know what you're walking through right now. I don't know what struggles you're experiencing right now in your life, moments of doubt for you, whether that's your marriage, whether that's your kids, whether that's your future. Looking around at this, kind, I, just, I just don't know what your doubt looks like. But hear me this morning, you don't need a change of circumstances. You need a change of perspective. And my prayer and hope is just like Abram in this moment looked beyond his circumstances and saw God for who he is. My hope and prayer this morning is that you would do that exact same thing. That you would have a change of perspective, not looking at the circumstance, but looking at the Savior. I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads and as we transition to a time of invitation and as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, we're reminded this morning that this covenant that God made with Abram was fulfilled. And it is still being fulfilled even today as men and women, boys and girls from every tribe and tongue and nation on this planet are trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Messiah who came from this man, Abram. Thousands of years later, this Messiah, Jesus, the very Son of God, who fulfilled God's promise to Abram here. the same Jesus who transforms lives today. You may not be a believer this morning, and for you, that's the step that you need to take, to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, to have your sins forgiven, to be brought into the family of God. Maybe you've already experienced that, and for you this morning, you are walking through a difficult season in fact, there is doubt written all over your mind in this moment. 
Can I encourage you this morning to fix your eyes on Jesus, your Savior, the one who fulfills his promises to you, to never leave you or forsake you. Father, we ask this morning that you would encourage us with your word, that you would challenge us. God, for the one here who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that you would save them today from their sin, bring them into your family. For the believers gathered here who may be experiencing a moment of doubt in their life as a believer, who may be struggling with situations and circumstances, God, would you give them a new perspective this morning? Help them see Jesus. We ask that in his name. Amen. Would you stand this morning and as we sing just briefly and then as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, if you need to spend some time in prayer, I'd encourage you to come. Our pastors will be down front. Love to pray with you, encourage you this morning, and then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. But you come as the Lord leads.